Hello, welcome to Detailers Cast. My name is Chris, and this show is sponsored by Zirconite UK. Today, I'm joined by Tom from TH Detailing. How are you, Tom? I'm very good, Chris. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. It's an absolute pleasure to see you and finally meet you. Definitely. After several months of, of uh, video calls, phone calls, video calls, phone calls, lockdown, and all the nonsense that's in between. How's things? Good. Good. Very good. How's business going for you? Uh, really good. Uh, obviously, reopening in April, having been shut for the first quarter, uh, relying on mobile valeting, which isn't good when you're trying to be the best. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going in the direction I want it to do. Good, good. Glad to hear it. So, um, THD Tailing, you're based up? Stourbridge, West Midlands. Stourbridge Way, yeah. And, uh, so it was about an hour to get here today. Hours drive this morning. Not too bad. Outside lane all the way down here because I don't, I don't like to hang around. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come down the M40? Uh, yeah, M5, M42, M40. Yeah, you can get a little bit of a lick on down the M40. Yeah. Quite a nice road to Definitely. drive. Obviously at the speed limit. Oh, yeah, 70 mile an hour all the way. Absolutely. Indicated. Mirror mirror signal manoeuvre. The lot, yeah. The two, two hands on the steering wheel. That's it. No Not f- eating a McDonald's breakfast with one hand or nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, um... Tell us a bit about your business then, Tom. How, how long has THD Tailing been going? And The business itself has been around since August 2018. Um, it was a bit of a hobby, which then become a weekend uh, weekend warrior type job. Um, and then it was the getting the social medias, getting the website, and then progressing to full time. Yeah, uh, I myself have come from an automotive background since yep. I left school. I started off doing mechanical work, then got into accident repair, which is where I I took an interest in machine polishing. Yep. Uh, I soon discovered that body shop polishing and detailing are two completely different concepts. Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of research, a lot of trial and error, trying to convert across. Uh, and then yeah, I just really wanted to work for myself. Yeah. And decided to make the jump in September 2019. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, with the van, and then in. September, October last year, I got the keys to my unit. Congratulations. Which were then shut because of COVID. <laughs> and I was back to square one mobile valeting. So, so it's been a bit of a exciting, yeah, but exciting but challenging road coaster. Definitely. Yeah. And um, how are things going now that things are pretty much back good. to normal? Very good. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the sun's out, which is good. Uh, there's been a lot of mobile jobs recently um, and a lot of detailing jobs coming through. Good. And obviously the Zirconite coatings and the accreditation helps. Thank That's you. been a big game changer, uh, being able to offer exceptionally good products that nobody else can get, but also having that backing behind you from Zirconite as well. Thanks. Well, we appreciate that. And we, we, you know, we, we're there for you guys in terms of uh, trying to help as much as we can. And uh, it, it, one of the reasons we wanted to, to have a podcast with you is to talk about a number of things. That it's, it's a bit of a concurrent theme that goes through most of the podcasts we've already done where we touch on different aspects of running a business and going from more or less virtually your entire story, which is, you know, I had an interest in it, it became a passion. That passion became weekend work, stroke weekend warrior, which then became to a point where you kinda go put a stake in the ground. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna just jump. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna make a, a career of it. And loads of people follow that background. And there's there's no criticism in terms of doing it that way. But we certainly find um, that people, when you come from that background, you kind of 
you don't have that business strategy. So some guys do, some guys don't, and it's again, it's not criticism either way, but it's it's having that that vision around. Okay, I'm running a business now, which is ultimately going to put food on my table. Um, and I think that was something that we engaged with. Oh, crikey, when will that have been? Six, eight weeks ago, at yeah. least now. That would have been before before Christmas. Can't as long as that. Yeah, before Christmas. Yeah, I can remember because my price change was implemented the start of December. Oh wow, it is a long so time ago. Bit, yeah. Well, that's good. So let's let's sort of rewind a little bit back to those initial conversations that you and I had in terms of you taken on the unit, you had some business on the go, and you were you were you you weren't sure if you were kind of set up in the right way. It was was how we started discussing things, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Obviously, the, the overheads for being mobile is minimal. And then when you then jump into your unit and you've got all these bills to pay, it's confusing of how how much do I charge. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of people fall into this trap, even mobile guys, when they first start up is how much do I charge and how much of that is actually going to be mine because I've got to pay the business and pay myself. Yeah. Uh, that was always that was the one thing I was struggling with was am I too cheap? Am I too expensive? Am I making enough money? And then obviously with the accelerator course that we touched upon, and you basically put it in a spreadsheet in front of me and went, you are literally paying out of your own money to clean your customers' cars and you're not making anything. It was an eye opener. Yeah, uh, and that was obviously the reason for the the price changes. Yeah, which also then meant a shift in client base as well with a, with a slightly higher prices unlocked to the next level of. Of customers, yeah, and I think that's, that's a, uh, an intriguing point because when people talk about price range, there's a and, and I remember we having uh, us having the discussion where I said, you know, you literally need to change this from X to Y plus a bit more, and you, and you, what you said to me at the time was, yeah, but what about my customers? And uh, and it was a bit of a scary point, I think, Definitely. for memory. Yeah. Uh, so how did you feel about it when when, that, when we put it to you that way? I think stepping out your comfort zone in general is always scary until you actually try it. So, uh, yeah, it, the price increase, I probably retained about 90% of customers anyway. So not a big impact. Because yeah. they, they expect the price to gradually increase. Uh, a few customers who kind of said, this is the limit with how much I want to pay, you're outside of that limit, I need to find somebody else, which which is fine. Because you then find other customers that are willing to pay more, because they understand the value that you do, that you drive in the yeah, service. So yeah. yeah, so they understand the value of the the service that they're paying for. Uh, yeah, so it was a bit a bit, bit of a, a an interesting time, shall we say? Definitely, yeah. And I, and I think I'm sure you won't mind me saying if we looked at because you you were, you were working on a cash forecast forecast of cash flow yep. etc which was a bit up and down uh and then we introduced you to this this different way of measuring things and looking at things from a, from a business perspective and i think at the time when we first started speaking you said to me i've been working for 16 weeks solid i haven't had a day off and i'm doing all the, the hours under the sun and uh i don't seem to be getting anything from it is that a fair yeah, I mean, money was coming in, money was going out. There was enough to pay the bills, but it weren't great. Uh, obviously, everybody wants to work as little as they can and get the most that they can. 
until you see it in paper, like the 16, 14, 16 hour days, even weekends. Then there was the going home on the laptop, catching up with all the paperwork. You subconsciously forget about all of that. All those extra hours, yeah. And then you look at the money at the end of it and you think, what have I been doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Am I nuts? Where, yeah, like where am I spending it for it to disappear so quick? And then you realise actually I'm not making enough to begin with and I'm working far too long for it. Yep. And just that the slight tweak on certain services, the most popular ones, that have made a massive difference, like dropping job times. Yep. And then offering the stuff that I was doing as add-ons. Yep. Uh, just subtle changes like that, and even down to the enhancements and correction services, dropping the job times, not necessarily cutting corners, but getting your standard operating procedures so as you can work more efficiently. Yep. Investing your money in the correct equipment. Yep. Uh, like we spoke about when I used your jet washing comparison to mine. Yep. And then I then said, well, I use the Kranzel K7, yours is some beefy Karcher. Uh, there was a massive difference. I don't difference. even know which one it is, if yeah. I'm honest, but it's just, it's a bit beefy. Powerful, yeah. Yep. Uh, in comparison to using a Karcher K2, yep. which is the, the favourite of the weekend warrior, uh, you can save so much time rinsing a car if you've got more pressure. And it's little changes like that, that in the bigger picture make such a, a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're not cutting corners. No. You, in fact, you're getting better quality. Yep. And it's it's that stepping, it's that getting that mindset that, yeah, I can spend the money because I know it's going to get a good return six weeks down the line or instantly or whatever it is you, you're paying for. Uh, yeah, changing my complete mindset to understand that. Yep. Good. Yeah, and I think there was another thing that we, we also discussed, wasn't it, which was paying yourself. And and consider and, and separating the two things, and it's difficult. You know, it depends on 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 the formal structure of your business. You know, if you're a sole trader, sometimes you know, which is what your business is set up as, sometimes there's it's very difficult for people to draw the line between my business and me. And as a sole trader, you kind of go, "Yeah, but I am my business." You go, "Yeah, you you, you kind of are." And whereas a, a limited company, you know, you you have a company which is its own legal entity, and then you have employees, which is a little bit easier in mindset. Yeah. And what we encouraged you to do was look at your business, even though you run as a sole trader, is to, is to figure it out more along a limited company lines where you kind of go, okay, this is the cost price of, for the work in terms of uh, labor content, product content, etc., etc. All my fixed costs. And including in those fixed costs, your own wages. So you know you had to yeah, decide that, that what you wanted to pay yourself. Again, that was an eye opener. Uh, I think a lot of people fall into this trap when they first set up. Is they, for argument's sake, if they charge forty pound for a maintenance of valet, they think I've made forty pound. When realistically, you haven't because you've got your you've got your own wages. If you was to pay yourself an hourly wage. Yeah, uh, that's where you've got to manage your own tax and national insurance. If you, you know, if you go over the thresholds, uh, but you've also got your products, your fuel, your insurances, all all these, not necessarily hidden costs to you, but your customer doesn't see. Yeah, uh, so you've ve- left with very little at the end. So initially, my prices meant I could basically afford the business and pay myself very little, which in the real world wasn't sustainable. No. Uh, so yeah, you, you kind of do need to. The saying is, "Pay yourself first, and that, that, that obviously includes in in business. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a common saying within investors. 
and that's why investors are so wealthy because they pay themselves first. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, one day I might be investor if I stop paying myself. <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 yeah. I mean it's a, it's a very common theme, um, and you know, kind of moving on from there. How how have things changed from you since since we started that program drastically? Good, working less, less stress. Uh, actually, having days off, which is a completely new concept. You was at the beach yesterday. I was at the beach yesterday. I've sunburnt all my one leg. One, you've Just only got one, one leg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you. I was lying on my yeah, side. You definitely walked in here on two. You, so you just, but you burnt one leg. Burnt one leg. Nice. Yeah, I was lying on my side for the majority of it with the sunglasses on, uh, <laughs> hiding. So as I wasn't staring at the sun, and then completely forgot that it still attacks the rest of your body. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to get away with your wrath. It wasn't. Re- we haven't really done anything because of COVID and work patterns and. Bits and bobs, and we both got the same day weeks off. On the yeah, sixteen weeks. It's uh, after the first two months, you kind of get used to working every day. But what you don't realise is that your customers also see you are tired. Yep. You, when you're talking, you, it's basically like you're drunk to some degree. So your customers kind of see that. Uh, yeah. So you, you need the R and R. Yeah. It's. It's hard as a business owner. It is hard to switch off at six o'clock, and I get in the unit as well has helped me switch off at six o'clock. I go back home, and that's it. Good. There's no. I mean, occasionally I will take a phone call from a regular or an email or something like that, something very important. But other than that, it can wait till nine o'clock the following morning. Yep. Uh, it is hard to switch off as a business owner. I get that. It's it's just how our brains are. It's it's uncontrollable. That's part parcel of it, isn't it? Yeah, but definitely. At least now you're getting those days where you can switch off and switch off, enjoy yourself, spend some time with your partner, etc. Yeah, friends, family, even just chill out, put my feet up, have a beer. Good. I don't really watch much television, but if that was an option, that's something I could do. It's <laughs> yeah, it's good, um, and that's nice, and it's it's good. Yeah. There's a whole world outside of work, Absolutely. even though I do love working. So it's it's finding the balance, and you, you have to be really disciplined with it. Well, I was, you know, this it, it's different being a business owner to a certain degree, but hopefully, you, you, we all get to a point where we realise that we work to live, yeah. not live to work. Yeah. yeah, exactly that. So that's great news. Uh, and some of the other things that we kind of touched on over, so we, we we looked at a number of different things on a one to one basis in the, in the last crikey, I didn't realise it was that many months, six months now. Um, but we've also focused on some of your marketing and some of your sales tactics as well. How have that? How's that gone for you? Sales tactics to me to begin with was non-existent. Yeah, they was all over the place. Um, sales is something to definitely look into as a business owner because you are essentially selling things to pay your bills. Uh, understanding how sales worked was an eye opener. It was a game changer. Uh, the tactics we've discussed are easy to implement. Yeah, uh, it is all down to confidence. Uh, me personally, I prefer emails and text messages because you can think about the response when you're on the spot on the phone or face to face. That's where you kind of you need those guidelines as such to work to. So scripts and uh, you know giving examples. You also need to understand that your customer doesn't have a clue what you're talking about when you're describing stuff, uh, which I do see a lot through Facebook posts where people say I'm using this product and the customer's thinking I don't know what that is. 
Yeah. Like, what, what's it do? Is it any benefit to me? How much is it? Yeah. How long does it take? When? How long do you need my car for? What does it mean to me? Yeah. yeah what's the impact to me? Yes. Yeah, so sales. Learning about sales was. Yeah, it's it's really helped the business and and marketing as well. Uh, you could have the best. You could be the best detailer on the planet, but unless you can get sales and get in a position to take sales, there's what's the point? Well, yeah, because you're not going to have a business to no. operate effectively. And, uh, you know, it's I have a sales background. Some people don't like the fact that I have a sales background. I don't ever apologize for it because it's what ultimately makes our business successful. And that's both as a as a product distributor and as a, as a detailing business and a training company, et cetera, all in one roof. But, um, you know, it, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you can't get one in front of customers, i.e. through some marketing tweaks and changing what you do um, to create an opportunity and then if you can't have the conversation with a customer whether it be by text or email and I understand your point it's you can fashion an email as a response or a text a little bit gives you a bit more time and, and, and but that will come on a face-to-face and on a telephone basis for me I think there's a, a, a real opportunity for you know great detailers if they can upskill in that area yep. That will take them from, yes, I'm a great detailer and I'm kind of doing reasonably well to I'm a great detailer and I've got so much business. that One of the points that when I remember when we first spoke was what's your ambition for TH detailing? Do you want to be an owner-operator, i.e. it's just you, you run your unit and that's it? And I think your response back then was, no, I don't. I want to expand. I want to expand. I want staff. I want various. I want to branch into PPF, wrapping, alloy wheel refurbs. Uh, and also a social element as well. Yep. Uh, there's a famous motorbike sales centre close to me. Uh, they've got a cafe on the side. And yep. people can rock up on the motorbikes, have a bacon sandwich and a coffee. And it's just that social exper- uh, element to it as well, which I'd like. Uh and basically, my, my kind of goal is to make all the competition go, oh, crap, look at the size of that place. Yep. <laughs> that That is the, the goal. That's it. That's the end game, is it? Well, obviously, we're not going to get to that by staying at the bottom level and not progressing. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it, it, it's, and that's why we've taken the journey that we're and obviously we're still on it together because these things never end. And there's always things that we can look at um, as part of our interactions as a, as a as a business partner with you not in the truest sense but as a product provider partner um is if you don't get the pricing structure and the setup right in the first place you're not going to have enough fat on the on the on the job effectively to be able to take somebody else on which i think was one of the very early points that yeah. we discussed if you remember you need money left over in the pot to fund your future expansions yeah uh so obviously, once you paid yourself, you paid your business. You want a tiny bit left over. Uh, that can obviously grow. It can sit in the bank. You can give yourself a Christmas bonus or whatever with it if you want. Uh, but ultimately, if you need to grow, profit isn't a dirty word. It's it's what we're all in business for. It's, uh, absolutely. If you if you if you're not taking profit out of a, if if the business isn't profit generating, it's only so long it it can survive. Yes, you can fund it with debt and other blitz and pieces for a period but ultimately it's not going to be there um so yeah it's not a dirty word sales isn't a dirty word profit isn't a dirty word um what i liked most is you know we had a conversation earlier on before we started this podcast while we were 
filming some promo video with you is is your approach to customers is is, is very akin to, to our own here which is i don't want to have people's pants down essentially is you what is a phrase that you used i think earlier T- tell me a bit about that yeah it's just the the not overcharging y- your customers don't know what they're paying for and there's there's a lot of especially a lot of our client base is wealthy business owners or wealthy people with nice cars and you could give them any figure and they could just turn around and say yes I actually get satisfaction out of turning around and saying no actually we spoke about this on the phone we've had a look at it in person and it doesn't need that extent of work your new price is now half the price of what I quoted you that to me is it's morally right and the amount of recommendations I would get from that is is far better than taking a lot of money off them initially and then yep. never seeing them ever again. Being a one-hit wonder. Yeah, so, yeah, little and often, as we said. So I, I would sooner make a small amount per quarter from one client for the next 10 years than just one big chunk of money and never seeing that customer again. And never getting any recommendations. And exactly. And it's, when you look at the long term like that, you are basically guaranteeing yourself work, same as with the 10-year the coating program. You are guaranteeing that that customer is going to come back and see you every year yep. for 10 years. Yep. So if you can fill your diary up with those, you've essentially not got to do any marketing, any sales. It's just a case of phoning them up saying, your car's due, when would you like it done? And it's simple. It's work, it's work in, the, in, the, in the bank effectively. And, and, and again, that's about like trying to grow a business sustainably and ethically. And, and, and I commend you for, 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 for taking that step and getting to that point now, which is, you know, go back six months was where you were. Dangerous. <laughs> was dangerous. Very dangerous. We were quite blunt, weren't we, on the on the initial call, which was if we if you continue this way. Yeah, you're not going to be around for much longer. And I think a question you asked rather scarily was, how, how are you making money? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, what else are you doing? Yeah. It's... <laughs> I was a bit blunt, apologies. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you need that, I y- think. You need the kick up the bottom. You need somebody to turn around and say, look, stop, take a step back. This is what you're doing. This is what's going to happen if you carry on. Uh, and it was literally, I remember, after the phone call, sitting back in my office chair thinking, wow. I, and I had no idea. Because subconsciously, you kind of forget about all of that. You think, yeah, there's money coming in. There's money going out. I'm paying the bills. And then when you look back now, you think, I'd have been stuck at that level. I'd have never been able to have done all the recent renovations I've done in my unit and obviously changed all the lighting, upgrade all the equipment, various bits and bobs. Without having to borrow it. Without having money. Yeah, without having to borrow it. Or So it is really important to figure out your your money in, your money out. Definitely. Having the right pricing, getting the right uh, equipment to make your life easier. It all all does add up. Good. Although it is really boring to sit down and do. It's something I think every business has got to do. Is if you don't do it, and 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 it, you know, we were due to run an accelerator course last year, and COVID kind of kicked that into touch. And we've got one coming up later this month. Um, we've got a number of our credit, uh, you know, your, your your colleagues from the accredited network coming along. Um, I think there's one or two spaces for you know people from outside of our networks to still attend. Um, but it's it's. <laughs> One of the, one of the challenging things I think I find with it is when you, when you when you pitch this out to people and say, "Come and spend two days with us," it will change your business. 
ultimately going forwards for the better. Um, obviously, if you want to implement everything, great. If you don't, as long as you get something, I'm sure they definitely. Is, is, is you, I thought sure I knew everything until I had a conversation with you about. Well, it. I don't know everything, <laughs> and I'm still learning. So, but the point being is, is one of the one of the big things for me is when when you kind of speak to people and they, and they they tell you, well, I'm not sure, I'm really struggling with this and this, and you kind of go, come and spend two days, and they go, oh, I can't do that, I haven't got time. If you don't. That all that stuff that you're doing is just going to end up in, it may be six months, it might be four, it might be 18, I don't know, but at some point it's going to end up killing the business that you're trying to build. Yep. And if you don't stop and take that time out, that's it. You, you need to spend the time working on your business rather than just in it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because like I said earlier, you could be the best detailer on the planet, but if you're not making money, you're not going to survive. No. And we all went into business to make money for ourselves and... Well, that's that's the bottom line. Well, there are there are there there are some differing views on that. I mean, let's be honest. You know, you're of an age where you want to grow, you want to expand, you want to build a business, you want to, you know, take more people on, get the social element, all those other things, and you've got this nice vision, and and, and, it, and it sounds really exciting. So yeah, you're going to need to generate cash. You're going to need to generate profits. You're going to need to generate. A, a viable business that if you want to get an investor in at a later stage that you can expand and blah, blah, blah. There are other people out there that might just be, I'm quite happy with what I've got. Quite, it's a bit of pocket money and it and it pays for itself and I, you know, take a couple hundred quid at the end of it. That's fine. That's yeah. not an issue. Um, it's that, it, it, it's a little bit like, we have, sometimes we have people approach us and say, I want my own product line. Can I have some aftercare products and, can I get them branded? And you go, yeah, of course you can. How are you going to sell them? And they're like, what do you mean? I'll stick them in my in my in my unit and I'll sell them. And you go, okay, fine. Have you got three, four, five grand to set, stick on the shelf? And they go, well, I could maybe pull it together. Okay, are you really looking to tie up that much money in stock? How many people do you have coming through the door? And it's, do you know, there seems there seems to be a bit of a mantra out there that you've got to get a product line to be successful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I don't. I, I. I don't. As a product supplier, that kind of sounds weird, doesn't it? That I. I yeah, turn people away from doing that. I can understand why. Um, but it is another string to somebody's bow. It is another service to offer. Yeah. As such, but then you've also got the increased marketing bills. Well, yeah, and because you, you you've then got to try and build that brand. S- you've got to try and sell it on. You've got to let yeah. people know it, it's there to be brought. Yeah. And um, if you can't sell. If you can't market, yeah, you're not going to make any money. It's <laughs> going to sit on the shelf. Yeah. And and this is the point, you know, because that there's so uh, there's so many thousand liters that we could we could pretty much make anything for anybody with our contacts at Concept Chemicals. You know, we can facilitate that. That's not somebody comes to us today and says, "I'm going to buy five thousand liters of a quick detailer. I want it to be pink and smell of I don't know parrots, armpits, whatever." Yeah, beautiful smell. I, I don't. I don't know why that came into my brain. <laughs> it's midweek. Bear yeah. with me. Um, but we can make it, right? We can make it. But it's you know, that's how much cash you've got to have to throw at it because it's not just a product. It's the labels. It's the bottles. It's the bottle triggers. It's the boxing, the packaging, handling. You've got to be able to distribute it, and it's it. it, it it's 
it's a lot of cash, you know. We've Definitely. got, we, and but then you've got a non-established brand, and 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 to me, that's again, having gone through what we're doing with with Zirconite UK and the Zirconite coatings, which is a product brand that was kind of there, but nobody really knew it. So we're we're essentially an unknown brand to a certain degree. Hopefully, that's changed over the last year, and we seem to be getting a lot of traction off the back of that. But it's the biggest expense that anybody will ever have you know when people ask you to throw multiple thousands at different events and stuff and you kind of go but am i going to get a return for it uh and so yeah don't don't be stocking stuff on the shelf no yeah it's calculated risk it's you've got to do your r&d before you before you jump into stuff oh yeah i mean if you've got the cash spare and you want to you know Chuck a couple of grand at us, and we'll quite happily make any, we'll make anything you want. As I said, but it's it's it's. Yeah. I've seen it in bigger businesses elsewhere, and in, in the automotive industry, particularly with aftercare products, with some of the biggest brands. Um, you know, people like companies that hold royal warrants, for example, who we, who we won't name, but everybody knows the name. Um, you know, it's a royal warranted company. It's meant to be one of the biggest brands. It's in Halfords and other shops, other retail stores are available. Um, and, um, you know, businesses are bought into that, buy a couple of thousand pounds worth of stuff, stick it on the shelf. It's still there in eight, 10, 15 months time. And they're kind of going, why have we done that? And a small business entities typically as detailers, as most of them are, um, that's quite a big chunk of cash flow, don't you think? Definitely. Good. So, what's next for TH Detailing? Next six months? Education for me. Um, I want to learn more about sales and marketing. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, just self-education. Uh, the industry's ever moving forward. Yeah. Uh, it's foolish if you don't keep up with it. Uh it was the same in the motor trade when I worked with mechanical work. If you didn't keep up with the latest technology that was out there, you was getting left behind and you wouldn't yep. make any money. Um, so for me, it's just head down, focus, uh, build the customer base up, uh, try and branch out into the more expensive car market um, and just, yeah, work work on myself, try and be the best that I can be. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge, huge thing to do working on yourself as as much as your business as as well as working on customers cars that that's dynamic and that relationship between those three things is is massively skewed by a lot of people and this kind of comes back to you've got to take a couple of days out now and again to Definitely. to look at your business but also look at yourself yeah. you know i yeah. so i commend you for that that's, that's that's great news to hear that that's what you're going to be doing um and in terms of you know, the pricing you've got in place now is structured in the right way. You've got it set up. So regardless of whatever job you've got, pretty much you know where it's going to be in terms of profitability, which is great yep. news. Um, looking to get some more higher-end cars. That's the plan. That's the plan. Uh, everybody wants to work with the, the more expensive, fancy stuff. And Don't they just? Yeah. Uh, I, have, I obviously have a passion for cars, so the more sporty, the more exotic, the better. Uh, but ultimately, for me, I'd love to own one. Yeah, Every, everybody wants to work on them. I'll, I want to drive one. Yeah, uh, company vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Have myself a two million pound McLaren P one. 
that what you fancy? <laughs> Electric hybrid. Is that what you want? Yeah, I'm quite a fan of the 765LT. Yeah, nice car. Which are getting more and more super rare. They only produce limited numbers. Uh, I think it's a bit out of my budget at the moment. <laughs> Being, uh, yeah, I think they're about, about £200,000. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more. Not sure off the top of my head. Uh, no idea. I've only looked once, and that was that was it. That was yeah, that was enough to, to put me on. off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, w- I would love a car like that in the future. Uh, I'll have to stick with the Transit Connect for now. Hey, your van looks nice. It does. I've, uh, after two years, finally got it sign written. Uh, then I wait to took me so long. I wish I'd done it sooner. It's it turns heads. It gets Instagram followers and Facebook yeah. likes and. People say, no, your van looks good. Your van's nice and clean. It does look really well. The only problem is now I've got to keep it clean because I can't blend in with the builder's vans. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, my Sunday afternoon is going to be focused on keeping that clean. Good. Excellent. So we shot some footage today. Uh, that video is going to be up on YouTube and obviously you're going to have access to that and be promoting that. Um, uh, fairly battered 997. Definitely. Been attacked by an am- amateur polisher. Yeah, you don't need to call me that. That's not fair. <laughs> we was all an amateur once, so yeah, we, we can't. We can't. Oh, judge. you didn't deny it then. <laughs> Thanks. Um, my first polishing job for a mate went horrendously wrong when yeah. he sent me a photo of it in the sun, and all you could see was holograms. Yeah, this customer's and, uh, this customer's car had been attacked by by a friend of theirs before reaching us. I must just integrate yeah. <laughs> intersect yeah. there and say we, he wasn't calling me an amateur <laughs> polisher was you? Yeah, 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 I was thinking it. <laughs> but yeah, I think we've same again. Like what was with that? With the first one I did was covered in holograms. So yeah. I hope whoever's attempted to polish this isn't disheartened by it and does continue to to learn about it. Yeah. Uh, if it was, if it's somebody that was, you know, doing it to up their skill set, carry on, keep trying. Yeah. Uh, come and speak to Chris. I've spent a day with him polishing. He'll gladly show you. Uh, <laughs> we've we've had a lot of fun taking the pigtails out yeah, and the horrendous holograms. Thank you for the work. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It is it is a beautiful car. I was discussing earlier. You get to a certain age and you start appreciating Porsches. Not sure why. I don't know how Porsches done that. But <laughs> if you'd have asked me five years ago, I'd have gone, nah, I don't want a Porsche. But looking at this one, you think it's actually. Actually, quite a nice car. I could see myself driving that. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> without trying to offend Porsche fans, it's. Um, I'm not sure if it's an age thing, uh, or if they've just got better looking. Mm. I don't. I don't know. It's. I said the same to you earlier. I've never really been a massive Porsche fan. Um. I but I did like the Cayman when that first came out, and I still think that's a cracking looking car. And I think my appreciation of that shape has kind of led me more to be a bit more excited by 911s and, and and such so yeah i think it's just i don't i'm not sure i'm not sure if it's just like an ingrained thing yeah. in you you know like a for me ferrari ferraris have always been the car of my dreams yeah i think that's that stemmed from being a, a kid yeah because uh when when you think of supercars as a kid you say oh ferrari and whenever you see a red sports car you automatically think look at that ferrari Yep. In fact, it could be a Toyota MR2. Yeah. <laughs> Something along the lines of that. But uh, I had this conversation uh, when I went to a car show last week. Um, Which one were you at? Uh, it was the London Concourse 2021. Nice, cracking some weekend. Very, very talented uh, detailers have worked on some cars there. They, they, they was flawless. Uh, but yeah, I was talking to the uh, owner of a F40. Yep. Uh, he's won multiple awards. And... 
it was the yeah the iconic F40, and I actually said that to him when you're a kid. That is the car poster car everybody yeah. wanted was the F40, and then Ferrari brought out the F50, which in my opinion was a waste of time because they they'd already got the perfect car with the F40. Yep, uh, they tried to improve something that didn't need improving. Uh, and then I actually saw the uh, the LaFerrari in person, and that is just astonishing. Yeah, it is just an absolutely amazing bit of kit, and it's it's a car you could you could wander around and spend forty minutes looking at and thinking, wow, yeah. whoever's designed that is sharp, he's clever. Uh, not a car that I'd want to drive around the streets of Dudley because <laughs> uh, the wheels would be gone before I got to <laughs> nip the wheels as you drive through, and uh, if you can negotiate the potholes. Uh, yeah, very a lot of beautiful cars there, a lot of expensive cars. Uh, and if you've never been to that show, I would recommend it, or similar shows. Um, yeah, They are full of gentlemen, and everybody's approachable. Yeah. You can have a, a really good chat about all aspects of supercars. Uh, and it is a good day out, and all, they've also got a bar there as well, which would come in handy. In like the, a bar. In the 28-degree sun. Very nice too. Good. Sounds like a fabulous day out. It's a bit like Salon Privé up at Blenheim Palace. Normally, that's let's let's keep our fingers crossed that twenty twenty two might be a bit more normal. Yeah. Um. You know, we've just had this an, a, another delay to the to the COVID restrictions, unfortunately. But let's keep our fingers crossed. Some more car shows go off next year, and 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 you know, waxworks and and other things of that nature. Yep. So, where we'll all get opportunity to meet up and and meet some more of our fellow detailers and say hello to to everybody and yeah and, uh, i'd see some shiny cars see some shiny cars it's 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 funny now as a as an adult detailer you can actually appreciate the level of work that's gone into a show car yeah uh you know and ev- even keeping cars original it takes a lot of time and effort and uh as a youngster or even somebody that's not into cars you don't realize that it's it's not just a case of washing the car it's how it's stored at home, how it's looked after, how it's transported. There's all, all these variables that come into it. And that's why they win so many awards. Absolutely. Because it is very, very hard work. It is, yeah. Uh, I I applaud anybody that does it. It is strenuous <laughs> and stressful. <laughs> and then you have to leave it in a field with 150 other people that like to touch it. Yeah, <laughs> past it and lean on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd be doing that yeah. if I had a LaFerrari. Anyway, uh, Tom. Thank you ever so much for coming down today. Have Thank you enjoyed you it with us? Yeah, loved it. It's been a very insightful day. Good. Uh, yeah, it's been really good. I'd recommend anybody even to pop in for a coffee. Yeah, it's, it, uh, as long as they call us first. But, you know, it is, we're yeah, not always here, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, we are off jumping about the place, meeting some of the, some of our network or, or at Concept Chemicals. Are you, are you coming up to uh, Concept? In I believe I'm booked yes, in for the very first trip. Yes, you are, on the Monday, yeah. On the Monday, yeah, it should be a good day up there. Definitely. I quite like the science behind things, so it'd be interesting to, to see how everything's made, get a yep. better understanding of the products that they're working with it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys have got a, a fun, fun packed day. So, excellent. Lovely to see you, buddy. And you. Really appreciate you coming down. Where can uh, where can your customers find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. If you just type in the TH detailing, I should come up. Uh, I've also got the website. Uh, I'm available through email. Uh, and also on the phone. So the website's www.thdetailing.co.uk. Yep. Uh, I'm Tom at thdetailing.co.uk, and my mobile number is 077 917 
Excellent. And I'm also based in Lye in Stourbridge. 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 We get up there and have a look at your unit in a couple of weeks. You are more than welcome. Yeah. Your turn for the kettle. Definitely. All the beers. Whichever's... Uh, I'll have to get some guest ales in. Some guest ales. <laughs> we'll have to see if we'll get uh, get the boss lady driving. Yeah. We'll see. She might want to... In all fact, I do turn it into a Lloyd's bar on a weekend. It's just a bit of extra money. Well, that's where the extra income comes from. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Tom, lovely to see you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for having me.